Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today as my co-pilot is Michelle Graves. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, Kyle? I am doing awesome. Today feels like a good day. It's a beautiful day. In the neighborhood. Yes. A beautiful day for a neighbor, right? Won't do you remember? You, won't you be so you my do neighbor? Remember Mr. Rogers. Okay. I was, I was wondering if I was running down a road that you weren't familiar with. No, but yes, in fact, Mr. I think Rogers. There's like a documentary out on him or something. Is I mean, there? He's really amazing. He, in what I, he I know that he is. I know so, that he yes, is. I do love that. Awesome. And I have great childhood memories of watching And I do that. too. So thanks do for too. bringing it back. For sure. So, with good childhood memories, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to put a little bit of a downer on things now, Michelle, because I've got I've got some bad news. <laughs> we started so high. <laughs> we started so well, but this is important. But okay. it is it is kind of bad news All for right. a lot of us. It may not be bad news for you for you, but for me, it was bad news. Um, but I'm still going to share it because it's important. So actually, according to uh, an article that I found in Time Magazine, the World Cancer Research Fund or the WCRF has bad news for lovers of bacon and booze. Oh, that so, bacon part might be yeah, bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the here's the message. Eliminating processed meats and alcohol from your diet may help reduce your risk of developing cancer. So this is the third report that the WCRF continuous update project has put out there and uh it sounds like this is something that is ongoing um based on the continuous update part of the title there. Uh, but it is an ongoing effort to inform consumers about lifestyle habits that may be related to cancer. And this report provides numerous recommendations for people looking to minimize the risk of getting cancer. But two in particular are frankly going to be hard pills to swallow for many Americans. Yeah. And those two things are bacon and booze, right? Well, we need to pay attention like to some of these things. The stuff that comes because, out, right? I mean, cancer is so prevalent. It is. You know, they're saying do colonoscopies now Earlier at 45 now. instead of 50. And I mean, just really, every you everyone knows someone that's life has been touched by cancer. It's just an epidemic. And, and it, we've got to try to figure it out. Huh? It has to be related to some of the lifestyle choices that we're making, right? right? It just has to be. And that's what the report says. They, and there's probably more than those two things. Yeah. But, but those are the two big things. If you can stop one or two along the way, <laughs> maybe you're getting a little leg up. Huh? Yeah. So those are two things that they, they specifically call out. There are other things as well, like you said, but um, the WCRF recommends significantly or even totally cutting back on processed meats including bacon, salami, hot dogs, and some sausages, as these products have been associated with the increased risk of colorectal cancer. So something to consider. Unprocessed red meats, such as beef, pork, and lamb, may also be related to higher risk of cancer. But the WCRF says that the evidence is not as strong as the processed meats. Uh, these products, the, the, the whole meats, the red meats, the, the beef, the pork, and the lamb, they do provide protein, iron, and B vitamins, which are important. So they're not quite ready to say cut out all red meats yet, um, but they do recommend that uh, you eat no more than three weekly portions of unprocessed red meat. And again, very little, if any, processed meat. So it's a pretty strong statement. That is. Towards bacon and hot dogs. I had not heard that. That's very interesting. So that's kind of bad news for breakfast bacon lovers everywhere. Yeah. 
I am um, a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But for some of us, and, and I know not for you and I, Michelle, we're, we are not drinkers, but for some of us, the w- news gets worse. They're saying that alcohol also fell under the organization's scrutiny as there is strong evidence that drinking alcohol is a cause of many cancers, according to the report. Booze has been linked to cancers of the mouth, throat, esophagus, liver, breast, stomach, and colon, though some evidence has shown that it may actually help protect against kidney cancer. So, I mean, I guess you've got to weigh your options there, <laughs> Decide right? what cancer you want? <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, some research also suggests that moderate drinking, typically defined as no more than a drink per day for women or two drinks per day for men, may lengthen your lifespan, improve heart health. Uh, nevertheless, the WCRF maintains that for cancer prevention, it's best not to drink alcohol. That's, and, that's a bold statement because, you know, for many years they said that wine had so many medicinal Positive type, effects. Oh, yeah, effects. And, and, and that's what they're acknowledging here, that they're, they're saying that there are some potential heart benefits right. for drinking a glass of wine with the antioxidants and everything that's in them. But you've got to balance that with the, with the fact that drinking alcohol causes, a, a, it's linked yeah. I don't know that they're ready to and say that, it's causing, but it's linked to a lot of cancers. Right. And that there are other ways to strengthen your heart. So maybe yeah. it's the things things the to consider, eating. right? Mm-hmm. Like I said at the beginning, that's not all that the report says. It advises individuals to maintain a healthy body weight, stay physically active, which we talk a lot about here on the show, eat plenty of whole grains, produce and beans, and limit intake of processed foods, fast foods and sugary drinks. And this is an interesting one that they recommend, that you avoid high-dose dietary supplements, which do not seem to cut cancer risk and in some cases may increase it. Mm-hmm. So you know how you get those uh, those ads on your Facebook feed of, you know, get your 700% pill with vitamin C or whatever. They're saying that those high-dose supplements may not be as good for you as you're thinking. Oh, that's interesting too. So the report also recommends that mothers who are able to breastfeed should breastfeed their children and that has been shown in some studies to protect against breast cancer. So there you go. Cut out the bacon, cut out the alcohol, and you might lower your risk of cancer, which is like something to consider, right? Well, it's important. We all need to try to do that. I agree. So, Michelle, today, today's guest is another amazing athlete at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Orville Wong is a pickleball player joining us by phone from Calgary, Canada, in 2017, Orville played for his first time at the Huntsman World Senior Games, and he's made the cut again this year. And uh, Orville, we're glad that you could join us. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm happy to be part of the show. So ha- have I disappointed you in any way? Are, are you a big bacon eater and, uh, and a consumer of alcoholic beverages? Well, you know, I think I'm I'm fifty percent. I don't drink, but I do like my you, bacon. You like the bacon, <laughs> so join on, the club. <laughs> we're, we're on the exact same page, Orville. I, I'm also not a drinker, but boy, I love bacon. And just this weekend, it was brought home to me how much I love bacon. When I went home, and we had bacon every day for breakfast, and oh yeah, oh it yes, was good. You know. It was good. Was it like fresh off the farm bacon? Well, it was fresh <laughs> off the grocery store uh, meat aisle, but it tasted good. But when it's good. made by mom, it, it probably good. tastes better. Yeah, everything made by mom is better. So anyway, Orville, we're so excited to visit with you and, and uh, look forward to this this conversation. Um, leaving bacon aside, you've <laughs> You've had an opportunity to be active in sports for pretty much most of your life, it sounds like. Um, tell us a little bit about what got you into sports and the sports that you started playing as a young man. 
Well, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, and growing up in that amazing climate, uh, everything was done outdoors. I played cricket, I played soccer, uh, badminton was outdoors, uh, table tennis was outdoors. So it was really quite an active life, including a lot of going to the beach on weekend and enjoying the sun. So, so Orville, I got to say, you, you don't sound like you have a Jamaican accent. Well, it's funny people say that, but when I'm with, I just went back to Jamaica last Christmas, and it comes back you naturally, fall right and back you into get it. a lot of deals by talking the patois. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring it right back. I love it. Yes, I love yes. it. So you played, uh, like you said, basically everything outside, a lot of badminton, uh, a lot of soccer, or you probably would have referred to it as football, I guess, right? Yes, we did. Yes. And, and then cricket as well. I got to say, cricket is a sport that I don't understand. I, I need to do a little bit of research on this. I've watched it played before, but it's one that I don't really get. Um, well, a, a lot of people say it's like watching grass grow, but uh, <laughs> like you know the intricacies. Uh, it can be very boring. But when you do know the intricacies, then obviously there is a worldwide audience for the sport, especially yeah. in you know, Commonwealth nations. Um, yeah. I was in New Zealand last spring for a recruiting trip, and it's very big in New Zealand, and every TV in the nation was tuned to cricket. So there must have been a big tournament going on or something. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, I started to, to try to, as you said, pick up the nuances, and I probably need someone to watch a game with me and explain it to me because yeah, yeah, I, I missed a lot help. of stuff. I mean, there's a big rivalry with Australia and New Zealand, yeah, uh, and the West Indies and and England, so uh, that happens every year, uh, continuously. So that may have been what I was watching, but uh, anyway. So you played cricket. Uh, when when did you, um, when did you kind of let cricket go and move on to other things, or do you still play cricket now? Uh, no, in the uh, late sixties when I migrated to Canada, I uh, cricket wasn't a sport that was known, so. I I uh, watched on TV, but I never played since then. So cricket but again, is... uh, as with cricket and soccer, I didn't like to run, so I kept wicket, which was sitting behind the the stumps and waiting for the ball to get to you. Okay. And I kept goal when I played soccer. Well, if you don't like to run, those are the two best <laughs> positions for you. Am I right? Yeah, it's hard not yeah. to run in soccer. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So, so you uh, you grew up in the in the West Indies, um, and then eventually you made a move to Canada. Is that correct? Yes, in 1966, I moved to Canada. Um, got married. I was twenty. Okay. Got married uh, that same year to the uh, the lady, the girl I was going with since we were fifteen, and we had fifty long, productive years together before she passed two years ago. And I have a daughter and a son who are very active in sports. Well, I'm I'm sorry uh, about the loss of your wife, but it sounds like you had a, a wonderful you. relationship and a great time together. Was she also an athlete? Did she play sports as well? Unfortunately, she wasn't very sport, active in sports. Uh -huh. She preferred to uh, look after the kids in the house and make me happy. <laughs> well, that's important. <laughs> It's, that's a, it's, an, it's an honorable life for sure, taking care of the kids and keeping the family going. I, I think that's fantastic. So, so, uh, but you continue to play. You, you, when you moved to Canada, did you 
I know that you were involved in your kids' soccer league. Did you continue to play yourself, or did you take a little bit of a break while you yourself helped raise the family and, and took care I, of business? I mostly did coaching. I coached both my kids uh, competitively in soccer and uh, watched them uh, progress through the competitive ranks. And uh, I uh, started playing a lot of badminton and squash. Okay. Uh, and, and then uh, ten years, eight years ago, I started playing pickleball. And, and I want to get into to pickleball with you in, in just a second. But you had kind of a unique experience in coaching your girls, your daughter's soccer team. Talk a little bit about that experience from a from a coach's perspective and from just uh, that idea of, of of real success that you had with uh, with that girls' team. And maybe give us oh. an idea of when that happened. Um, because it was, uh, was it in the was 70s? About, uh, in the late 70s. Okay. Uh, I moved to, we moved to a small town north of Toronto called Richmond Hill. Uh, and it had a st- very strong boys league run by uh, Irish, uh, Scottish men. So I decided uh, there was nothing for the girls, so I started a girls' soccer league. And lo and behold, there were so many young girls that wanted to play. Uh, we had we couldn't find enough coaches. Uh, and and of course, girls are easier to coach because they listen. Boys tend to know everything, <laughs> and, and they don't want to like listen to the coach. So it was quite easy to to mold them and and get them to play properly. And I subsequently took the girls' team to the provincial Ontario Cup finals, which none of the boys had ever uh, done. So I almost got ran out of town by, uh, by the uh, strong Irish-Scottish uh, coaching association. From the, from the boys' league, huh? There was a little yes, bit of jealousy yes, there. But it was quite rewarding. Well, that's awesome. I, I think, um, you know, during that time, uh, that, was, that was pretty revolutionary, kind of pioneering that you would put together the Girls' League, and what a tremendous opportunity for the young women in your community to be a part of that, and congratulations on that success. That, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, it was. Thank you so much. So you continued to coach, and, uh, and as you said, you, you stayed active in your own way, and then, um, what, about eight years ago, you picked up the sport of pickleball. I'm, I'm curious how you were introduced to pickleball. Well, you know, living in Toronto uh, in, uh, when I was 50, 55, uh, my older friends were playing and I thought, this is really a game for older people, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> You're not quite there uh, yet, right? <laughs> lo and behold, coming to Calgary and, and I got introduced to it through some friends. Uh, it was, it's such an amazing game. It, it just keeps you to me, more active than tennis, and you have more opportunities to get exercise and not exert yourself as much. You know, it's so interesting that um, he thought that, because I really feel like that is the history of pickleball. It, it like is. Everyone just really thought it was an easier game of tennis when it came about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that, too. I was like, wow, you don't really have to have the skill set or the, you know, I don't know. The dexterity. The, or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The quickness. And yeah. um, boy, the, the sport you, has really ev- <laughs> evolved and it has changed. And some of these young players are just doing remarkable things oh, on the pickleball courts. It's unbelievable. 
Uh, I was at the uh, Nationals in Kelowna, British Columbia last year, and uh, the women's final was uh, a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old girl, girls. Wow. And, you know, the amazing uh, skills they had. And the 12-year-old beat her grandmother in the semis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's awesome. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, and you know what? That's the other thing I really love about pickleball it, is that it really now just extends the lines. Like, I mean, it's just as popular with young kids as, you know, all generations play it. It's really great. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Orville Wong, who is a pickleball player at the Huntsman World Senior Games, and we're just talking a little bit about the evolution of that sport. If I, I know that a lot of our listeners know what pickleball is, but I think that there are probably some who maybe haven't heard of it or have heard of it but don't know. If you were to describe the sport to someone who didn't know what it was, how would you describe pickleball, Orville? I would say it's uh, quite an active sport, uh, similar if you have a background in table tennis and tennis and badminton, it's it's a lot easier to pick up uh, than if you were coming in cold. But also, uh, because there aren't that many rules, uh, two or three basic rules, it's so easy to to play. You just have to uh, familiarize yourself with the different strokes that you need. And, and, you know, you're off to the races. So I, I, I really appreciate what you've said there in that one of the things that I love the most about the sport is the barrier to entry is pretty low. If you have just a, you know, a, a marginal amount of coordination, some eye-hand coordination, and you're not you know, tripping all the time over your own feet, you can walk onto a pickleball court and you can actually play the game. And I've said this before, but it, it is so true. You, you can't do that with every sport. If you walk onto a tennis court with a tennis racket and a ball and somebody else who's maybe not familiar with the sport, you are chasing your tennis ball all the time. It's going up in the air. It's going over the fences. Like yeah, you're it's, never connecting together. It is not an right. easy sport to, to walk into and play. And this, it's the same with golf. You can't just walk out on a golf course and grab a, you know, a, a driver and all of a sudden you're a good golfer. Uh, you know, every, every sport, of course, as you practice and get better at it, you there, there's room for improvement, and pickleball is no exception. But it is a sport where you can just walk out on the court and you can have fun on day one. And that's one of the things that I really love about the sport. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, Orville, it, it kind of started out as as what appeared to be a senior sport, but that definitely has changed. And the sport itself has really evolved into a very quick game and it's fun. If, if, if you have not had a chance to watch pickleball played well, it's worth a Google search to, to see you know, a good game where people are really playing the game well. It's a lot of fun. And we want to applaud you because it really is the um, most difficult sport to get into in our Huntsman World Senior Games. And so um, you made the cut a couple of ma- times. You now. made the cut. We're really, <laughs> we're really happy with that. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was so rewarding uh, last year being my first to to see the camaraderie and the friendliness of of all the com- competitors. Uh, I mean, being all strangers, uh, I was so my partner and I were so welcomed, and there was always someone willing to practice with us. Uh, and I'm sure this year will be different because since we won the gold medal in the 70-plus, 
Uh, there's going to be a big target on our backs this <laughs> oh, year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They might not <laughs> be as willing. I'm still looking forward to, to meeting some of the people from last year and, and renewing the friendships. Well, we hear that a lot, and we love that. That's our favorite story, really, in the Huntsman World Senior Games, is that we really bring the world here and in all of its diversity, and you just come as strangers and leave as friends. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, and just like no, what you said, Orville, people, people come a lot of times the first time for the competition, but they come back because of those friendships and that camaraderie, and especially as you build that history, and you really look forward to seeing the same people over and over and let me just say congratulations on your gold medal win. Um, that's not easy to do. We, we have a very competitive pickleball tournament. And if you came in and walked away with a gold medal, you accomplished something. So congratulations. Well, thank you so much. It was, it was quite rewarding and, and uh, uh, very nice to, to be in those company. So I want to ask you a question, Orville. You've spent a lot of your life living what we call the active life. You've been active in sports. You've been active in your in your children's um, athletic endeavors. Uh, you've played a wide variety of different sports. What has sport taught you in your life that has made your life better or made you a better person? Uh, you know, the main thing is that if you remain active, uh, your health will normally remain quite good. And you can enjoy outdoors and uh, activities a lot easier. I mean, there's nothing more important than good health. And I think living a sediment life uh, is counterproductive to that. And, you know, I, I'm out there as much as I can. Uh, in the summer, I ride a three-wheel motorcycle and I go all across the country. I just came back from two weeks uh, going through Denver, uh, Sedona, Taos, and back up through Salt Lake City. And to be outside and active is so important uh, to your mindset and staying healthy. I, I love it, and I think that that is so true. And obviously your life has been a great example of that. Uh, we've got just about a minute left or so. If If you had uh, any advice for someone who's on the bubble of whether or not they want to jump into an activity, whether it's an organized sport or a, a walking club or a running group, what would you say to that person? I'd say everybody that I know that's enjoying life to the fullest has a lot of activity in their lives. As you said, whether it's walking, jogging, uh, playing tennis, pickleball, or just being out there uh, enjoying the, the good weather, don't hesitate. Uh, you'll feel so much better for it in the long run, and you'll be a, a much happier person. I agree with that. I couldn't have said it better myself. You're, you're really uh, a true ambassador of what the active life really is. And I want to say to you, best of luck this year as you come back to St. George, Utah, to compete in the Huntsman World Senior Games. Do you have your same partner this year? Yes, I do. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, you've, like you said, you've got that big target on your back, but hopefully you can uh, avoid all the arrows and uh, well, walk away with it. it's all a, about the, the camaraderie and meeting the people and having a great time. It is, but it's fun yes. to win a gold medal too, isn't it? <laughs> well, we'll be looking for you. We'll be watching. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Orville, thank and you so much for joining us today. That's, that's about the time that we've got to visit with you, but we really appreciate your experience and spending time with us today, and we are looking forward to seeing you in October. 
Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you both so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Michelle, now is the time to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. Oh, yes. As it of, is the time. As of this morning, we have over 6,000 registered participants. Which is a lot That's for a this lot time for this of time year. year. And as you know, a few of our sports have already closed, including pickleball. Unfortunately, we don't have any more room there. But there are lots of sports that are available. Visit SeniorGames.net and register today for the sport of your choice. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. And you got plenty of time to get yourself prepared and trained and ready to go. Don't forget to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Active Life presented by the Huntsman World Senior Games. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. Michelle, it is easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. Just search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, hit subscribe, and you will never miss an episode. Once you subscribe, give us a rating and write a quick review of the show. That helps us spread the word. And here's something else that's really cool that I just found the other day. Michelle, you can ask your smart speaker to play our podcast as well. All you got to do is ask Siri, Alexa, or your Google Home device to play the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life podcast and you will be in active life heaven. You'll learn a lot. It's our, a great thing. Our inspirational thought for the day is from the famous American humorist Will Rogers. He once said, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Good until, advice. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye-bye. Georgia.